I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the Power 365 show, where I interview staff at Microsoft across the Power Platform and Dynamics 365 technology stack. I hope you'll find this podcast educational and inspire you to do more with this great technology. Now, let's get on with the show. In this episode, we're going to be focusing on Power Platform governance. My guest today is from Washington in the US. He's a group product manager for the Power Platform Governance at Microsoft. He's a people uh, collaboration has been his passion for many years. He has spent half his career as a people manager, driving product innovation in the space. You can find links to his bio, uh, various social media, etc. in the show notes for this episode. Welcome to the show, Zoha. Thank you for having me. Yeah, good to have you on the show and such a, a timely topic with so many changes that seems happening on the governance landscape. But before we jump in there, it's always good to get to know my guests from a family food and fun perspective. So everything <laughs> that uh, I know we just discussed off air, our, our love of rum, but tell us a bit about yeah, food, family and fun. What is What do you do when you're not doing Microsoft things? All right. Fun facts. Family-wise, I ended up marrying my sweetheart that I met in high school. So we've been married for 26 years now and have grown uh, three lovely kids and lately two dogs. And then I think fun-wise, I'm all over the place. So I love, I guess I'm, I'm into breadth from my passion to oil painting, to sports, marathons, triathlons, recreational volleyball, and then everything to do with water. So my passion... From the old days to sailing and diving, and lately I picked up, about a month ago, I picked up wakeboarding. Yeah. So I guess this is my latest hobby. And I could keep going on, but that's roughly that. And then from food perspective, I think I'm as diverse as, <laughs> as my fun part, <laughs> which is I like to eat. I guess that's maybe why I do so much sport. Mm-hmm. And I think my specific passion, just coming from growing up in Israel, I think I've got a special spot for Mediterranean food. Very good. Well, I have not come across somebody with a diverse number of extracurricular activities as you have (laughs) and such such broad ranging. Totally phenomenal. Tell us about your journey to working at Microsoft. How How did you end up here? What was that path for you? I could go back to the days in the Navy. But I'll skip that. My uh, software engineering and tech career started uh, almost as an intern at Intel. And then that's where I spent a decade plus working as a software engineer after graduating all the way to being an engineering manager and got specifically passionate about something that follows me up until today, which is collaboration solutions and making people way more productive thanks to technology, starting with building some internal software several internal softwares at Intel that led me to join Microsoft SharePoint and OneDrive about 15 years ago. And in in that, I transitioned to product management and fell in love and 
building products and building teams, done a variety of roles inside SharePoint and OneDrive. My latest gigs were around re-innovating, reinventing the admin experience for OneDrive and SharePoint and building the modern experience that is out there today. Mm-hmm. That is much more satisfying than what that we lifted and shifted from on-prem a while back. Mm-hmm. And then also a great collaboration with the Teams team lately on building this uh, new innovative solution called Share Channels, where mm-hmm. we empower um, cross-organization collaboration in a more native way. Ship, um, Satya announced it at Ignite last year, and it's been released to GA last month, so a lot to be proud of and making large enterprises a lot more productive with teams. So uh, that got me excited about uh, collaboration across teams. And then I joined the Power Platform a year ago. I just celebrated a year in the Power Platform wow. team, taking on the, the governance team uh, leadership role. And that includes everything to do with Power Platform analytics, policy team, so data policies, uh, user identity, and then Another part of one of the team I manage is uh, an internal solution for supportability. So everything that our support personnel uses is uh, part of things that we built. And I mentioned that since I left uh, Intel, I was very passionate about product management and specifically in the collaboration space. And I get excited of building solutions that serve millions of people around the world and becoming more productive and has warmed my uh, heart and made me feel impactful. So I'm still running hot. I like it. I like it. So the topic of the show today, the main theme is around power platform governance. And I really want to understand what does that mean to you and Microsoft's customers? Yeah, it's a great question. So governance to me is uh, all about empowering IT and the smallest to the largest organizations on the planet to help ignite the digital transformation with uh, the low-code platform, Microsoft's Power Platform, and allow IT to manage these growing number of assets at scale without the fear of harm being done in their digital environment and the need to shut down things. A successful IT usually sees a lot of innovation and creativity coming from employees in their company. And we've saw, we've seen similar thing in SharePoint and OneDrive where enterprises started moving to the cloud and leaving all the local drives and the shared drives and moving to the cloud innovation. There was an explosion of petabytes made it to the cloud and IT was confronted with the challenge of what of that should be limited or uh, blocked. We see similar challenges with the low-code assets and uh, as Organizations go through their digital transformation, moving away from InfoPath and Access and Excel into uh, the Power Platform. IT now confronts uh, the same challenges of having hundreds, if not thousands of environments. And in large organizations, many employees are building many assets in that. Like uh, I know companies that have reached the 1 million assets and managing that at scale is part of the governance challenge. And mm. allowing IT to move from a world of what we call proactive governance, where uh, you know, you discover something and then you need to shut it down or block it or quarantine it to a world of proactive governance where you could actually put guardrails in place and allow the organization to grow in a guided way uh, where no harm is done in your digital environment. I think that's uh, the strength of a great governance platform. And Microsoft uh, has been busy at work across the different clouds, Azure and 
Microsoft 365 and now the Power Platform to build powerful tools and also to make it simple to use. And I think uh, if we think about the generations of the low-code and then the governance that comes with it, there used to be not a lot. So it was kind of the Wild West. And then now there's a lot to use and govern, but it's not quite simple. And we could talk in length about all the solutions that we offer today. Mm. And then our team is hard at work to make it simple and kind of similar to the work and the journey that we've done in the ShipOne and OneDrive space. So when I think of governance, I think of trust, I think of security, I think of risk, you know, management. And I see a lot of IT departments have addressed this at their firewall. So external perimeter attacks, that type of thing. But my observation is that there's still many IT departments that maybe don't perceive the internal risk which I see really where governance sits is how you protect your internal assets. How, you know, when you, when you look at research quantifying this, how big is the internal risk of data leakage of employees doing stuff with data that's outside of what the company would potentially want happening of, of risk of, um, you know, straight out fraud being committed by employees taking or even accidental, connecting a, an internal data set to an external API and allowing data to leak out that way. What's, what's your research showing is, is what is the risk, what is the concern for enterprise around the need to offer this layer of protection, this governance, this visibility inside the organization? Yeah, I would add to that one more, which is outside mal-intended people that do phishing and take over Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. accounts inside the organization. So the risk is there and the risk was always there. And in fact, I think, you know, just reading the news, there's uh, a growing amount of creativity of harming small or large enterprises. Um, Mm -hmm. The risk has always been there. I think the interesting thing about Pop Platform is that it is all about productivity and it's building productivity first and foremost for the good actors but it also empowers the bad actors with productivity and productivity tools. And I think governance is the solution for IT to one is be aware and to be able to prevent. And then three is, you know, being able to do the forensic and understand anything that happened and see, you know, study the scene of the crime and then uh, do the damage control. All that is part of the governance. Um, I think these are always will be and have been valid concerns and, it's kind of a race between uh, how creative we could become to help IT to block and prevent, and then how creative the the bad actors are. And <laughs> it's always a an interesting challenge and game that keeps going on and on. Mm-hmm. If I look at the last three years um, of what I've heard come out of Microsoft, there's been a strong um voice around the center of excellence starter kit or the coe starter kit and around the digital guardrails it provides and the ability for uh the admin staff to monitor what's going on in the power platform does your remit cover the coe toolkit and actually why don't i just broaden this slightly also the power platform admin center how much is is what you Lay it out for me. From your perspective, where do these individual components sit within Microsoft's strategic direction moving forward? Yeah, so I talked earlier about the generations that the low-code and Microsoft Power Platform has gone through from 
I think if one of your podcasts with, with uh, Ryan Cunningham, he talks mm -hmm. about it in um, low code 3.1, 3.0. So if you think about those generations, uh, up until now, we were heavily hard at work to provide powerful tools to empower IT to do the governance, just like we described earlier, mm. with namely more visibility to do proactive governance and then more control to do put the right guardrails in place to empower your employees while not blocking them. And one of the interesting things that I actually find super exciting is that the way we could have, we, that allowed us to move the fastest was the low-code platform itself. So there's this COE toolkit that is now used and loved by thousands of customers that have adopted the platform that is simply a package of flows and Canvas apps and Power BI and Dataverse. And uh, we kind of co-designed it with the early adapters mm -hmm. all the way from two or three years ago till today. And it's still running strong. Like every month there's updates. And what it does, it includes a set of uh, monitors and capabilities and workflows to help you monitor and manage your uh, environment. And we feed into that a lot of the feedback that we get from customers. It's for us, just like a startup, it allows us to iterate really quickly. It's also an open source. So many customers have taken it to one step further and then came back and presented to us what they've done. And we said, oh, that is something that is useful for everybody. So we kind of put it in future versions in the product itself. And that allowed IT to become, you know, to mature from being a a blocker or preventer of uh, low-code assets growing in the organization to this thing we call the center of enablement, uh, where you've got kind of a set of leaders that are passionate about low-code and enterprises pushing through the cockpit of the COE toolkit, the innovation and creativity that is happening in the organization using hackathons and you know assessing assets and making sure that the organization is doing the right thing. So that's the story about the COE toolkit. The challenge of that is because of how it's been built as a SDK or a low-code mm -hmm, mm -hmm. package that you need to download and keep up to date, there's the cost of staying up to date. And uh, some organizations can easily afford it, others cannot. And we are hard at work to identify the you know, the, the popular, most used things in the COE toolkit and making them available to the hundreds of thousands of customers, not just the, you know, tens of thousands of customers that have been using the COE toolkit today. And so will that show up in the admin center as in the interface for it? So there's definitely room for both. And the admin center, in fact, we have a conference coming up at Ignite. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe some of the people listening to this, it already happened. But uh, mm. we will be announcing a set of capabilities that are coming into the Power Platform Admin Center and just be built out of the box. And we will continue to creatively innovate inside the Power Platform Admin Center with ideas that come from the COE toolkit. So we will try it on the COE toolkit and learn from that and see what are the things that are highly adopted and highly appreciated. And we already have a backlog of a few of those. And then uh, those we would then commoditize and bring into the product itself. Yeah. So in the mix here, we have recently had uh, become available managed environments. Where does that sit in, in this conversation? Yeah, so managed environment is available in public preview. We kind of came up with the new approach earlier this year. And at Ignite, we are announcing the general availability of it. 
it is our investments in making things simple. So managed environment is all about simplicity. Uh, there's already a lot of powerful tools, and we will bring those powerful tools into the Power Platform Admin Center. Um, but the way it works is uh, we are kind of differentiating between standard environments and managed environments. Mm-hmm. For managed environments, once you enable and upgrade the environment to be managed, you then in return get a lot more visibility and a lot more control on the assets that you have in that environment. And it takes way less effort. So, you know, compared to the COE toolkit or the landing zone we haven't talked about and other things that you need to study and learn and become an expert in, this is a button you turn on. Once you click on it, uh, think of it like the easy button. Mm -hmm. It opens up a panel for you where you could configure things and uh, define how you want that experience to be. You could put more limits The best example I could give is sharing limits. For example, if you want the productivity environment to not allow people to share things at the company level and make IT feel a little bit uncomfortable because something that wasn't certified went too broad too fast. It just gives you so much more control and more power as part of the managed environments. And we're just embarking on that journey. So it's available for everybody. Everybody could play with the public preview bits already. And I think every semester you would see... Um, more and more perks, should I say, <laughs> show up in it. And uh, it would include ALM, so application lifecycle management uh, capabilities and uh, governing a lot of the guidance and approaches that you in your specific company uh, have for makers. It will allow you to interact with makers directly, kind of like what the COE Toolkit does today, where mm-hmm. you could create this uh, welcome email and announce to your new makers, here's the rule book of what you should follow here's who you should contact like all that interaction is uh is going to show up and uh delight administrators in the power platform admin center so the three components are what are they weekly digest sharing limits and data policies are the the, the current elements do you see that these being expanded on yes so we have a set of announcements coming at ignite uh, where we would reveal a set of new capabilities one of the high demanded features has been visibility and awareness to overall licenses Mm -hmm. and what users are active without licenses and what users Mm -hmm. are holding a license and are inactive. There's uh, so this fits into the more visibility category. There's going to be a lot of the things that we have in the weekly digest that we consider proactive notifications where we would mm-hmm. educate administrators on what's happening in that environment or the managed environments would be showing up in the PAP platform admin center itself on the homepage once you opt in. There's a set more capabilities around sharing limits where we're going to expand it from Canvas apps to additional assets. Mm-hmm. So you could actually control who shares what asset in cloud flows, not just apps and uh, we'll continue that journey to allow IT to control sharing. There's more around ALM that I mentioned that will be announced. And there's uh, additional things about just making sure that your makers are not doing or violating any of the policies. So there's yeah. going to be checkers you can enable and additional things. So once you enable that button and you opt in to manage the environment and upgrade, then all that richness opens up for you. Nice. You've mentioned a couple of times the term landing zones. Do you want to just expand on that? Yeah. So a lot of the feedback we're hearing is uh, the low-code assets, 
you know, there's so much complexity and it just keeps growing. Like one of the beauty of low code uh, platform that we provide is this, for example, connectors where it allows you to build easy web or mobile solutions that allow you to connect to today's 700 plus resources. And some of them are, you know, have been built for some organizations and are not a great fit for other organizations. And customers, many customers have said that, how do you keep track of everything that is joining and, you know, being added to the platform? Where do you set the defaults for it to be blocked until I review it? Where do you set things like uh, conditional access and other settings? And what do you do with enabling or blocking trials? The landing zone is an extension of the Azure landing zone. It's, uh, think of it like a, almost like a cookbook where Mm -hmm. you, one is it's, it's a GitHub open source where you could actually uh, take a look at all the guidance and recommendations that we provide, and we keep updating and editing the recommendation based on our best known methods. And then separately, there's a wizard that comes with it where you can actually answer some kind of a questionnaire and then click on submit, and it would create and help you with the environment strategy. It would create those environments with a best known method setting. So you just need to answer high, medium, low, and then it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of sets you sets you up with environments that are highly confidential settings or low confidential settings. Just as we about to wrap up, tell us about what should people be considering right now if they're, they've already got the Power Platform deployed? And so really focusing from a customer's perspective, what should they be focusing on from a governance perspective? And then where can they get additional information, resources, et cetera, to, so they can get on the front foot when it comes to what's coming with the managed environments once at GAs and the additional work you're doing in, in the admin center? Yeah, so we've touched on a lot and there's so much more that I've not touched on. Mm-hmm. I think my recommendations and considerations for organization is to start early. Like many of the feedback we hear from organization is there's never a better time to start looking at it. If you've got employees using Microsoft 365, then it's as easy as a click of a button for them to end up with low-code assets in your default environment. So mm-hmm. first is visibility, like introduce yourself to what's going on in your organization. I didn't touch on, but we've announced this year, we've announced many things, but one of them is analytics, uh, out-of-the-box analytics. You opt into it in the Power Platform Admin Center. Once you turn it on, you can actually have a bird's eye on everything that is going on in your enterprise and Power Platform or Power Automate. Mm-hmm. Then once you've got a good sense of what is going on, come up with your environment strategy. So think of what department, what users get what environment so you can actually control all of that. The environment is kind of like Teams or SharePoint. It's a unit of control where you could then define security groups and policies that are dedicated for that environment and put uh, Mm -hmm. data loss prevention policies on it. The resources are out there. There's uh, a great resource if you just search for you know, one is, we mentioned the Power Platform Landing Zone. Mm-hmm. There's also a search for the Power Platform COE Toolkit. I would recommend searching for the Power Platform security documentation. And last mm-hmm. is what you mentioned, which is uh, take a look at the Power Platform Managed Environments, see the direction we're taking. We're going to have a recorded Ignite session that will talk in length. Me and Evan are running a session where we would describe a lot of it and do demos. Uh, So that's another great resource for people to start ramping up on. Nice, nice. Zohar, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yes, thank you, Mark. Thanks for doing these and having me. Hey, 
Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If there's a guest you'd like to see on the show from Microsoft, please message me on LinkedIn. If you want to be a supporter of the show, please check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. How will you create on the Power Platform today? Ciao.